Whoever believes need never be shaken. It's a firm footing, but what is your part? Your part is to believe. And when you believe, that is the stand. That is standing on the rock. And who's the rock? Jesus Christ, who is the Word made manifest in the flesh. He's the Word of God. Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Welcome. It's so good to have you on the stream and watching us here. And then welcome here in the sanctuary and, and also in the parking lot. We welcome you. Let's pray and get right into it. Father God, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this time. As you open up our hearts to receive your word, it's bread, it's life, it's practical, and we can use it this week. Lord, your word is also seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts and produces life and changes and grows us from the inside out. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know and prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about standing on the rock and having that sure footing when it's shaky ground. How many know it, it can feel a little shaky? Every single year that goes by, there's some new thing we could be shaken about, but it seems like 2020, there's plenty of things that feel like that in many ways the ground has gotten unstable and it can cause us to become uneasy. And that instability can bring in anxiousness and worry and fear about the time and the season that we live in. And what we need is to be a stable people. And stability comes from where you're standing. If you're standing on the sand, it's tough to have stability. In Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16, Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Look. I like how he talks about look. He wants us to see it now. He wants us not just to hear what he's saying, but he wants us to see what he is saying. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. Now, this is the chief cornerstone, and Jerusalem is a picture of the bride, the church, so he says, look, I'm putting a stone. This is the prophesied stone that is Jesus Christ. He says, it is a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. In 1931, the Empire State Building was completed at 102 stories. They, in order to have a, a building that big in 1931, they didn't have the, the technology we have today. Uh, they just knew that they needed to build upon something firm. They had to dig down 55 feet through the sand of Manhattan to get to the, the strata, the bedrock that the entire place was sitting on. They, had, they knew they had to reach a firm foundation in order to reach the heights they needed to go. It says that this is a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build upon. And you might see in life, in your own life, or in other people's lives, you have seen where a life was built that crumbled. Even in our own lives, sometimes there's a crumbling that happens because we didn't have that sure and tested stone. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Not in this, the, the second service has some people who didn't build on the rock, but not you. And it is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build upon. Now listen, whoever believes, say believes, Whoever believes need never be shaken. It is a firm footing, but what is your part? Your part is to believe. And when you believe, that is the stand. 
That is standing on the rock. And who's the rock? Jesus Christ, who is the word made manifest in the flesh. He's the word of God. In July of 2019, me and my family went to, to, to Disneyland. We go to Disneyland a lot, and you know that about me. And, and we were there, and we rode the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, which is this great big elevator. It fits about 20 people, and it goes up in the air, and then it falls. And it goes up in the air, and it falls. And so we did this ride. We were cheering, having a good time. We get out. And when we got out, we noticed that the ride was shutting down, and there was all these employees, and they're like, step this way, come right this way. And there was like lights blinking and stuff, and we were like, wow, what, something happened? Something must have broke. We just barely got through the ride in time, praise God. That something must have halted. But we got out into the, the main area, out onto the street, uh, and all the other rides were also exiting, and there were employees standing out here this way and that, and people were very anxious as they were kind of walking around the street, talking to each other, and, and, and I, I said to a guy, I said, what is going on? And he goes, did you not feel the earthquake? There had been a massive earthquake in California that day, and it shook all of Disneyland. He said, didn't you feel it? Feel what? The earthquake. And I was like, no, we didn't feel it. He's like, where were you? Like, everybody felt it. We all, it was all shaking. Everything was shaking. Ah, we, were, we were on the ride screaming and having fun. <laughs> And this is what God wants to do in your life. When you're standing on the rock, it may look like the whole entire earth is quaking and shaking, but you don't even notice it. You're just having a good time and on the ride with Jesus. Somebody say amen. That's the kind of life he wants you to build. And here's the problem. It's shaky ground. And sometimes we find ourselves shaken with the news. Bad news comes to us. You didn't get the loan. The house fell through. The deal fell through. You're not going to get the business that you wanted. The, the, the job offer, it got canceled. Here comes the bad news. The, doc, the doctor's report brings you bad news. Or, or you found out that school is not going to start for another couple months. And you're like, I'm, I'm, you know, bad news is happening in our life all around us. And the other day I came out, I'm living at my in-laws right now because I'm between houses. We sold a house, but we didn't have a house. And so now I'm living, and I love it. That's not bad news. Did, did I say that wrong? Did you think bad? That's not bad. I love my in-laws. They're amazing people. So, whew. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I'm, we're having a good time, but we're, we're, we're not moving in yet. And I, but I walked outside, me and my daughter did, and uh, I could smell smoke. And I was like, what is going on now? And she looked it up on, on Google real quick, and it, the, the forest behind where they live is on fire. There was a fire, there was smoke, I could smell it. And I looked around, there's smoke all around the city. And I was like, as I was getting in the car, I was just like, really? Like it's a global pandemic right now. The whole state is shut down. There, and now the world's on fire? Like what chapter of Revelations are we in? <laughs> chapter nine or 10, where are we in this thing? So that night I'm driving home and uh, I've got, we're driving home from the church that night and I'm listening to the radio and all of a sudden I get that emergency broadcast warning interruption, you know the one? That is not a pleasant sound. Why don't they play like some violins, like an orchestra? They're like, nah, nah. no. This is the emergency broadcast system. There is a severe weather storm warning for Maricopa County. My kid's like, where are we, Dad? I was like, Maricopa County. <laughs> Quarter-sized hail is falling from the sky. 60 mile per hour winds. Stay indoors if all possible. I'm like, listening to this, I'm like, you're joking, right? It's a pandemic, the world's on fire, and now we have hail. It's 114 degrees outside. Could somebody please tell the hail that you don't get to exist in that kind of weather? <laughs> you just melt. 
a fire pandemic hail. I'm like, bring on the frogs. Where's the frogs? I want them. I want them. No, I want frogs. Like whoever's holding the Israelites, could you please let them go? That's a deep joke right there. I don't know. That was, I went deep. I was deep. He went. He talks in Hebrew sometimes, and he does deep jokes. In Exodus 33, Moses was talking to the Lord, and things were a little bit crazy at this time, and people were grumbling and complaining, and things were out of, out of sorts for Moses. And he went up on the mountain of God, and Horeb is what it's, it's the name of the, the, the mountain. And, and, and he said to the Lord, show me your glory. He's, and you know, sometimes that's what we need. We need to see something different than what our eyes are seeing in the circumstance. He says, show me your glory. What a heart Moses had. So he was seeking the right kind of seeing. And God said, I'm going to cause all of my goodness to pass by you, to see the goodness of God. We know it's there, but sometimes we need to turn our eyes to see what God is showing us. In Exodus 33 and verse 21, listen to what the Lord says to him. Then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock. This is a metaphor for us today. It's a picture. Moses was about to see something that not everybody gets to see. The people that are down in the valley complaining and grumbling, they don't get to see what Moses is about to see. And if you'll position your heart today to say, you know what? I'm going to stand where Moses stood. There is a rock near the Lord that does not have fear, does not have anxiousness, does not have lack. It is a place where you see the goodness and the glory of God. And our job is to learn to stand on that rock. And that metaphor is to stand on what God says, the word of God. And when I say stand, I mean like it said in that, that scripture in Isaiah, that we, those who believe in the rock will not be shaken. It's our faith in what God said above the bad news, above the circumstances, above what the world is telling us. It is a greater report than the emergency broadcasting system will ever bring you. It is a greater report than the bad reports that the world is going to offer you. And that report can be trusted if you'll put your faith in it. It will stabilize you. I know a couple who go to church here and uh, they're in their late 60s, I believe. And, and the, the man was diagnosed with cancer. This is tough blow and tough news, but I noticed that they stayed hopeful and their expectations were high and their attitudes were just great. He was just, they were like, yeah, I got diagnosed with cancer. Can you pray for us, pastor? And they're like, how are you doing? I'm doing good. We're going to be fine. We're going to win. So, okay, great. Praise God. I like the attitude. This is good. You know, over the last two years, it's been treatments. And there's been surgeries and there's been chemotherapy and there's been, there's been days where there was good news and there's been plenty of days where there was bad news. A bad report. But here's what I noticed about this couple. Whenever I talked to them or saw them, we're winning, Pastor. Got a bad report. Can you pray with us? But things are tough. But we know that we're going to win. They were always smiling. They were always hopeful. They always seemed to have an expectation that things were about to turn around, no matter how bad the report was. I just talked to her on Thursday, and I'm so happy to say that he's been declared, a few months ago, cancer-free. 
he still has a reconstruction process to go through and many surgeries. And as they're looking at the reconstruction that has to go on, and, and they're, they're, she's still just so happy and hopeful the whole time, just even keeled. I said to her on Thursday, I said, what was your secret? How did you keep your expectations and your hopes so high? She said there was a sermon that was preached right here at church a couple years ago before we got the diagnosis, and it was this. With a long life, I will satisfy you. You got it. And so every time I got bad news, I went back to the word. With a long, nope, with a long life, you will satisfy us. Here comes the bad report. Nope, with a long life, you will satisfy us. What was she doing? She was choosing to stand upon the rock. And when you stand upon the rock, you gain a higher perspective. You begin to see things from a spiritual point of view. What God wants to show you, it says this in, in Joel in chapter 2, that I will show you wonders in the heavens, things that are unseen, things that no one else gets to see. Moses is standing not just on any rock, he was standing on a high rock on top of the mountain near God. And what did he get to see from that position? He got to see the goodness of God. I will cause my goodness to pass close. The glory of God within his view. And down in the valley were a whole lot of people that could have saw it, but never did. Instead, they were doing what most people do. Complaining, discouraged, grumbling, bitter. It's not enough. It's not working. They, they could have saw what Moses saw, but they weren't standing on the rock. And if we want to see God's goodness, we want to see those wonders in heaven. So we want to see what God is trying to do in our life. We have to stand and believe the word in such a way that we begin to see what God sees. God's always trying to paint a picture that you might see it. We need to have that right perspective though. The perspective of standing on the rock. David said this, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There is a proper positioning to gain the perspective in order for us to see what God sees. And it's so simple in this capacity. It isn't a physical location where you stand on the rock. It's a spiritual location. It is something that can happen no matter where you are. David was traveling this way and that out and about. He was running from the king. He was camping here, camping there. But no matter where he went, he could stand on the rock because the rock is within you. Say the rock is within me. The word, I'm, I'm talking now, you don't have to repeat me anymore. The word, the word is near you. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and, and verse 14. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. It's right there. The Holy Spirit has it all set apart for you, ready to, he will only speak what he hears. He pulls in a scripture and tells you which one to stand upon. You just stand on that rock and keep believing so that you can see the glory of God. Give the Lord a hand clap right now. You see, that rock is the place of God's provision. It's where that abundance can happen in your life. Did you know there's a place of provision? No, think about it. The, the Israelites could stay in the wilderness. They were still God's people, but there was no provision until they got to the place, the promised land that God had for them. For us, that place is a spiritual rock which we, within us. It is that chief cornerstone we build our lives upon. It is the word of God. When I was in India in 2001, my band traveled there just for a couple weeks, and we were putting on a crusade for young people in Hyderabad, India. Sorry, 2004. And as we were there, 
We, we checked into our hotel, just got in. We were playing a concert that night, and in about two hours before the concert, we got word that our keyboards went missing. Now, you might be like, well, okay, keep it, just get another keyboard. No, no, our keyboards had all of the programming all the triggers for all the technology that would happen. I mean, when we did a concert, there was lights and smoke and things and videos and all kinds of things. There was programming in that keyboard that took a long time to program, and it was necessary for us to have that concert that night. And they were gone. I said, where are they? You know, the keyboard player was like, they're gone. Well, where? Where'd they go? He's like, uh, well, I left them at the bell desk. And I said, you didn't have them take them up to the room? He goes, no, I just thought, well, we're just going to be down here. So they just left them with the, the bell guys. And, and uh, I said, well, where are they at the bell? No, they can't find them. We need our keyboards. He's like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> How's it going to be okay? You're a keyboardist without keyboards. So he said, the Lord gives his angels charge over me. He said, God did not bring me all the way here to have my keyboards go missing and not brought back. He's handling it. Okay. I said, so, okay. Wow. Can we call your angels in for a meeting real quick? Because I'd like to talk to your angels. <laughs> you know what? A few minutes before we were leaving for that concert, those keyboards showed back up. They had been taken with another group on the, on the, to the airport accidentally and left on the curb outside the airport. But that little bell tag connected to that big long keyboard alerted to one of the employees at the airport. They called the hotel and said, are you missing a box here? I've got a big long case. They said, yes, we are. They went and got it and brought it back to us. He was standing on the word of God. And when you stand on the word of God, you don't have that panic attack. You don't have that shaking in your life. You don't have anxiousness and worry. When anxiousness comes to you and tries to make you worried, you simply go, no, thank you. I'm standing on the word. He gives his angels charge over me. What was he doing? He had found a higher perspective. As you stand on the rock, he had found the place of God's provision. And Abraham talked about that place. He went up on Mount Morah with his son Isaac. And a great miracle happened that day as God provided a ram in the thicket. The Bible says that Abraham lifted up his eyes to see the ram. You know, he didn't see the ram in the thicket till he got to the top of the mountain, till he stood upon the rock. And you say, well, what rock was that he was standing on? You know, he was standing on the foundation that Solomon would build the temple. Same exact place. That's where he was standing. Many years later, Solomon would build the temple right on that exact ground. He was standing in the place of God's provision. And this is what Abraham reveals as he says this out loud in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. He called it Jehovah Jireh or Yahweh Yirah, which means the God he sees. Now, he was using the God he sees to declare what God provides, because when God sees it, it happens. God always sees what he says. So when he says, let there be light, there's no surprise that light shows up. When he says and declares the word, there's no surprise that the cosmos, the universe, is suddenly created. A billion galaxies with a billion stars in each every single galaxy. When God speaks, stuff explodes and happens and moves. And when God sees something, it happens. So God he sees is the same as God he provides. So the Hebrew word yira, jira, we say Jehovah jira. It's got a little song to it. Jehovah Jireh, my provider's grace is sufficient for me. 
So it's actually in the Hebrew, you say yira. And the word ye is actually just a pronoun, which means he. And ra means sees. Jehovah, he sees. But it's translated here, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. You see, there's a place of provision, but it's not in the valley of complaining. There's no provision. I wish there were in the valley of complaining some sort of answer. But God's word is released to us. God's power comes to us. His goodness is shown when we're standing in a position of believing. When we're in faith, you see, the Israelites couldn't get into the promised land. The first generation missed it because they did not believe, not because they were sinners, not because they weren't obedient. And so awful thing today that people will tell you, well, if you're a sinner, you're not going to get God's goodness. No, it's when you don't believe that you don't see God's goodness. When you have doubt and unbelief, suddenly the promises have a hard time breaking through the wall. And God is saying, if you'll stand on my promises today, if you'll stand on the rock, don't listen to the bad news. Well, it looks like layoffs are coming. Here comes anxiousness. Here comes worry. You say, no, my God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. The doctor comes to you and says, well, you're not able to have children. You said, nope, the fruit of my womb will be blessed. God causes that no woman in the land should be barren or miscarry. Come on, somebody. Here comes the bad report with your body. Nope, I believe that he sent his word and it has healed me. What am I doing? I'm gaining a higher perspective and God is showing me things in the heavenlies that can become signs of on the earth. It says in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 31, O generation, see ye the word of the Lord. When we're getting that higher perspective on that rock, we begin to see different things, things we didn't see before. And from that perspective, it's so much easier to begin to believe God for what he's doing in your life. In 1 Kings chapter 18, there was a great famine in the land. And in this story, Elijah was spoken to by God. There had been three years of no rain. And God says to Elijah in chapter 18 and verse 1, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. So here comes the change, right? Present yourself to Ahab, here comes the rain. Present yourself to Ahab, I'm going to send rain on the earth. So he does. He goes and presents himself to Ahab, just like you would. And then the Bible says that he goes up on Mount Carmel and begins to pray. Let me read it a little bit here. Chapter 18 and verse 42. Ahab went up to eat and drink. He went and presented himself to Ahab. Did a little cool, there's a cool story in there. And then Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he bowed down on the ground and he put his face between his knees. In verse 43, and he said to a servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So where is Elijah? He's on top of Carmel. It's a picture of standing on that word. He's up and gaining that higher perspective. But he sends his servant up across to look at the sea. Go up now and look toward the sea, he said. And he went up and looked, and he said, there is nothing. And seven times Elijah said to him, go again. What was Elijah doing? He was standing on the rock. God said there would be rain, which means there's going to be rain. And I'm not moving from this position until something changes. You, know, you pray for that healing, you pray for that job, you pray for that financial breakthrough, you pray for that debt to be canceled. You, we're standing and we see things that God has promised us that aren't happening yet in our lives, but we stand on that word immovable. Well, it didn't happen, Pastor, I prayed. Go and check again. Well, it didn't happen, Pastor, I bet. You, you prayed over my back and then I went home, but it started hurting again. Go and check again. Don't give up after the first time. 
Don't give up after the second time. When you're standing on the rock, you need to re realize something. That rock will give you stability. That rock will show you things you haven't seen before. That rock is Jesus Christ, that word of God, and it is going to give you the faith that you need. It's going to give you faith. It, faith cometh by what? Hearing of the word of God. So it's giving you faith. Your job is simply to stay with the word, to keep remembering it, to keep it in the forefront, to meditate upon it, to be immovable from that place because it's given you the faith. It's given you stability. And you pray, I don't see anything changing, pastor. Then go and check again. And the Holy Spirit is praying for you. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is like Elijah with the, just praying and interceding for you on the mountain. And the Holy Spirit, as he prays for you, he says, go and check again. Go and check again. And you say, uh, oh, I'm not seeing a change. Go and check again. Try one more time. Can, but my son, I've been praying for him. He hasn't come back to the Lord yet. Go and check again is what the Holy Spirit's saying. But my, my knee is still in chronic pain, Pastor. Go and check again. Some of us need to go and check one more time. Some of us have been praying and standing for a breakthrough. You've been praying for a job to come in. Well, I haven't gotten the job. There's been no email. There's been no calls. Listen, keep praying. Go and check again. Your breakthrough is still on the way. Don't give up after the first time or after the second time. Don't become a complainer after the third time. Don't leave the mountain after the fourth time. You just keep staying, keep praying, keep standing, keep believing, because your breakthrough is on the way. Your miracle is coming. That healing's about to hit your body. That job is coming to you. That business breakthrough is coming. The house you dreamt about is on the way. The restoration of your family is being drawn into your life. God is moving on your behalf. Praise the living God. What are you doing? You're standing upon the word. And David knew what bad news looked like. He had seen so much. Tremendous bad news, David did. But he said this, I will not fear the arrow that flies by day. The arrow was, was a, an arrow of news that kings would receive. And, and in fact, he received the news that that King Saul was going to try and kill him by an arrow flying. That's how the news came to him. But he said, I'm not going to fear bad news. And so often I find that Christians, they're, they're, they're hinging everything on the report. And then when they get the bad report, it wipes them out. David took it a step further. He said, I don't fear the bad news. Because why? Because he knows that there's a truth that is greater than the news. When the news comes, just reject it and stand on that rock. And, and David said it this way on the day that he was delivered, by the way, of his enemies. In Psalm chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 22, he said this, that he is the rock of my salvation. So what was he standing upon? The rock, not just of anything, but the rock of his salvation. His enemies had been delivered that day. The King Saul was gone. He was about to finally become king. He'd been standing on the word of God through a lot of bad news. But he just got the good report. He just got the breakthrough. He just got the news that cancer was gone forever. He just got the news that his finances were, that his debt was paid off. He just got the news of his breakthrough. And he sings the song, this is the rock. Here he says, this is the key, the rock of my salvation. He was standing upon what we would stand upon today, Jesus Christ. The finished works of Christ. What has he done in your life? What did he pay for? No matter what news comes to you, when you say, no, I'm standing on my Jesus Christ and what he did for me, suddenly all the news that comes to you seems very small. Why? Because our Jesus is so great. He paid it all for you. He was obedient that you might be righteous. He fulfilled the law so that the law might be fulfilled in you. He defeated death. 
He defeated hell. He defeated sin. God has placed Satan underneath his feet. He has dashed the kings to pieces like pottery. He is your salvation. He is your rock. He is your shepherd. He is your mighty fortress. He is your shield. He is your very great reward. He's your forgiveness. He's your victory in defeated places. He is the latter glory, which will be greater than the former glory. He is your healing, and he is your healer. He's your king of kings, your lord of lords, your prince of peace. He is the rose of Sharon, your morning star. He is the hope in times of trouble. Praise God. i tell you what, some bad news comes your way. You start shouting like that, you will forget really quick of anything you're ever afraid of. Amen? Mmm. Mm, that's nice behind me. I like that. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Praise God. What's our job? Our job is to remember what the Lord has said. And Caleb came to Joshua and They'd already been in the promised land and a lot of territory had already been taken and Joshua had led the Israelites in there. Caleb came to Joshua when he was 85 years old. And Caleb said to Joshua, you remember what the Lord said? That I would get every place I placed my foot? What was he doing? He was remembering the word of God. He said, I don't yet have all the places that I placed my foot. Joshua, I wanna go and attack and take some more territory. He said, I know I'm 85 and it looks like probably too late for me. But I feel young. I feel like I can do this. And God promised. You remember, he said, you remember what Moses said. He swore that this is what God was saying. And Joshua said, you go for it, man. And he went and he defeated the same people the Israelites were most afraid of. Caleb went and took those territories and had a great victory. What was his key? His key was he stood on the word. He went back and remembered what God had said. When you stand on that word, remembering what God said, putting your faith in it, you gain that higher perspective. And you stand in the position to see God's goodness and his abundance. And you might not see it all break at once, but the Bible says the servant of Elijah saw a small cloud in the distance, about the size of a man's hand. On the seventh time, he came back to Elijah and said, I see a small cloud in the distance. And Elijah got up and said, you go tell the king that that rain is coming. Get, his, get on his chariot and start riding. All we need to see sometimes is just a small change. We stand on the word, we see a small shift in the spirit. We just see a little change happening. And now you know that Jesus will finish the work that he's started. Our job is to stand on the rock. And I'm declaring to you today that you are gaining a new perspective raised up to see what God sees. You are seeing his wonders. You're, you're seeing his glory. Today, before you leave, you're seeing his goodness. You are positioned in the place of the Lord's provision and abundance, seeing God's glory manifest daily in your life. Healing is coming to your body. New doors are opening. You are safe. You're unaffected by the pandemic and the storm, by the world. You are unshakable in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, shout out, I believe it. Amen. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. And don't forget about our daily Bible study. You can just go to YouTube and type in daily Bible study and find us. 
doing morning scripture, we pray over your day. But right now we want to say a prayer with you. Uh, if there's anyone that's watching this that's never received Jesus and you're not sure what eternity looks like for you if you were to face eternity, you can have that secured right now because the good news is God gave his one and only son as a free gift for your salvation. You just put your faith in him. So repeat this prayer after me. Dear Father God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and baptize me in your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, find a church, find something close, and get in church, be there every single week. We need to be under a new message and we need to be around some new people. God bless you.